Podcasts are an independent way for podcasters like me to bring a local voice to your ears. At the Spent the Rent Podcast, we strive to raise awareness of topics that affect the often underrepresented. Our title sponsor, Oregon Cashflow Pro, offers free money management advice that can help you take control of your finances. At OregonCashflowPro.com, you will find videos to guide you towards your goal of financial freedom. For more info, there will be a link in the show notes. The following podcast is available on all major streaming sites, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. You can now listen to all previous episodes, donate to the podcast, and buy shirts directly from the Spent the Rent podcast at our newly designed official website, strpod.com. You are listening to the Spent the Rent podcast, and now, here's your host, Patty Rose. Hello, I am Patty Rose. This is the Spent the Rent podcast, episode number 210. My guest today is a candidate for Eugene Mayor, Douglas Barr. Doug, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. This is really cool. Uh, there are three candidates running. I've already had a chance to meet Karin Knudsen. We did an episode. If you haven't listened to that, I recommend it. I've reached out to Shanae uh, Joy Stringer. I'd like to see if I can get her on. Uh, we haven't been able to connect yet. Doug Barr, you're running as well for Eugene Mayor. This is really cool. It's an awesome opportunity to get to talk to people in our community, learn more about uh, you know what it is, the work you do with Food for Lane County. Before we get into all that, I want to you know mention the ice storm. Uh, my heart still goes out to anyone affected by this super fluke thing. It's There's still people without power. It's kind of hard to believe there's some outliers. I think for the most part... Um, you know, 99% of people have power and, and internet and all that stuff back up running. But there are still some outliers, maybe some pinched lines in the backyard or something like that, that I've been hearing that people have to find, you know. And so my heart goes out to people affected. And I want to give a shout out to Sub and Eweb and EPUD for their work uh, over these last couple of weeks. Uh, Lane, I know. And Lane Electric. Lane Electric. There was a lot of criticism, th- you know, hurled at at uh the people at these companies but the reality is these are our neighbors and they were literally busting their asses to get this stuff done seven days a week 15 16 hour days and so i was uh you know i i understand it there was a a varying degree of what people was their experiences were like and so it was a little bit not you know it was frustrating for people that were like you don't know you have power (laughs) you know and (laughs) no it's a good thing though have power but anyway i just wanted to say my heart goes out to everybody that I just say together. that we weren't prepared at all no. as a city, as a community. We weren't prepared. And shout out to those that st- you know, stood up. Step up, yeah. Fed people. I think it was Chachas or. Oh yeah, there's a bunch of different places different that were giving place. out food. In touch was giving in touch. Uh, de- detail company was giving rides to people. Uh, there was a bunch going on. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think he's pointing uh, at my mic. He's big, C- big city, the mic. big city gaming opened up. They've done that a few times. That is you the know, number one. They for opened me. up their, uh, you know, back area or whatnot as a warming center. Yeah, and that's amazing. Their porch actually sits above thirteenth, uh, right yeah. there. Yeah, that's. So I just anyway, I just wanted to big mention shout that out we to talked about it. Everybody that helped and everybody need help. Big shout out to them. Right, sure. and it's funny because I mean, for what I do, I do a monthly, you know, sometimes bi monthly podcast. But so I'm not going to cover everything. I can't. I'd say yeah. I have an I have a job, you know. But and I'm just kind of one corner of of this media stuff. But I just real quick, I want to give a shout out to my one of my coworkers, John. Yeah. He uh, St. Vinny's put the call out for blankets, and we were pretty much stranded. Couldn't get to work and. Hoofland County is part of the emergency response team. We need to be there. John dreaded the storm and went through. It took him an hour to open the gate. It was frozen. So he was able to get in and get the blankets. You know, it was like 400 blankets. Wow. St. Benny's needed blankets. Yeah. You know, so kudos to my coworker, John. Yeah. Yeah. People stepped up for sure. I just... I just wanted to mention it just because, uh, you know, I had Sean Van Gordon on. We talked about it, but it was like in the heart of it. And I almost looked back, thought about it, and it's like, man, he had a lot of other stuff he should have been doing. You know, we, we were, mm. what, what I mean is, is that like the, that we, we did a quick episode, 20 minutes, because he wanted to give an update because he was hearing people were not getting communication, lines of communication. And so what we tried to do is just be like, dude, you got to get on. It's really the alerts page. And I, I, the lesson that I've seen that people have, in Springfield have learned from this 
is that they're going to be all unified as far as how the alerts are being sent out. You know, the county has it set up where you can get the texts and all that kind of stuff. Springfield did a great job. I delivered over the weekend. Absolutely. They opened City Hall. They had everybody, all the nonprofits. Everybody was there. Food was there. It was a great uh, outpouring by City Hall for Springfield, for sure. Absolutely. It should be a model, for sure. Right. And they were going to work on like the alerts so that it's kind of uniform out. And I think that it's going to be awesome moving forward. But lots to learn from this. But anyways, let's talk about you. Douglas Barr, candidate for Eugene Mayor. So uh, there's three people running, (laughs) like I mentioned. Uh, Before we get into kind of your work experience and all that stuff, just tell me about yourself. What's your Eugene story? So I'm married 33 years now. Shout out to my wife for putting out for me. Uh, two granddaughters, one son, a uh, large family that lives here in Eugene. Uh, my story is I became disabled in my 30s. And so now I had to go from living okay to you know, living on a fixed income, 900 bucks a month. So during that time, you start to reach out. and You learn about this woven fabric of do-gooders, volunteers, humanitarians, you know, that are St. Vinny's, that'll help our e-web, that'll help you with your lights, housing, homes for good. And so my story is, you know, having to struggle for a while with a disability and trying to get help and learning about this wonderful network in Eugene Springfield. And my story starts there. I knew I had to be a part of this. So I started volunteering. I started volunteering for Fufalane County, Homes for Good, using my own truck, bringing food to different locations, making sure people were eating. And I did that for a while. You know, I, uh, I was struggling because I'm disabled and I'm trying, but I think I was feeding maybe 400 households wow. by just volunteering. Sure. So for those that want to volunteer and, you know, and are sick, I always say volunteers the best medicine. Oh, absolutely. And and I know, you know, uh varying I've got a lot of people that I care about that are in varying degrees of, of recovery. And yeah. so that whole community too, it's like where people will just support each other and then it reciprocates in themselves and it becomes this kind of like just beautiful bond. And then that that's what community really is. Really is. It's an outreach. You know, and and you. today, I mean, one of the things when I started this podcast, I didn't even really know. It's like, what does the mayor do? You know, and I know these are silly questions sometimes where it's like where the question is like, what does the mayor do? Cause because you know, you think people know, but do we know? You know, so what I'm learning is that it's kind of like a cheerleader. It's kind of like a spokesperson for the for the community, you know? So so somebody that networks, like I let you use the word, the networks in Eugene, somebody that networks through the, the various kind of nonprofits and the people that are fighting to, you know, create equity for people that are underprivileged. Yes. The people that know all of those different areas are going to know where to send people that need resources. And those are the kind of people that we need in that position. So Yeah, equity and inclusion is a big deal. I mean, I bring a wealth of knowledge to that seat. And like you said, it's a nonpartisan seat. Yeah. So, and for me, it hasn't been nonpartisan for a long time. Yeah. There's a lot of people being left behind. I think it's more of an agenda seat. And like we, you said, we don't know how to be mayor. So, you know, I can be criticized. But as a mayor, for me, I will take it as a nonpartisan seat. I will look at everybody. I don't care about creed, Republican, Democrat, whatever. Let's bring people together. Let's give the, when we do bring people together, we're giving them an opportunity to participate. Yeah. People need an opportunity to feel like they're part of their city. Yeah. I mean, we don't want to exclude people because then you just have anger over here, anger over here. Right. Here's a tough one. And this is something that I asked Karin Knutson as well. And and it's tough because obviously with Eugene, you know, what it faces is 60% or something like that were pulled. 60% of this poll said that they thought that Eugene was going in an unfavorable direction. Uh, you know, the housing obviously is just an absolute nightmare, just in many ways. I don't know if, I mean, we could sit here and talk about the laundry list of reasons people become homeless, but a lot of it is just lack of amount of affordable housing. It's that simple, you know, and, and, and then we, we can talk about that, but, um, what was my question? Oh my gosh, I lost it. Uh, oh, so my question is, is that when there's proposals that come up in Eugene, if you're mayor, uh, do you think it's your duty to push the will of the people or do you think that it's better if to do things that might be unpopular with your populace because you know that it's the right thing to do so here's the city 
You have to, you're taking care of a city. As a mayor, I would be taking care of the city. You have to do what's right for the city, all right? And you have to make sure people know that you're doing what right, what's right for the city. And even if it doesn't help this person or that person, it has to be right for the city. Right. Because we're taking care of 180,000 of us. Yeah. I mean, there's just going to be tough, tough things. Like, for example, you know, there was the big issue out uh, uh, River Road area with the recall and transportation where where people are like so fed up that they're just like, we want to remove this person from office, which we've learned in a town, in your words, that has has uh, nonpartisan seats that have been, you know, um, basically tribalized. (laughs) You know, and so and so what happens is that the appointments that come after a recall are then going to be people that might not even be able to be elected. So they're even more extreme, you know, is what we see. And so what do we sell? What do we tell the people that are just going to continuously feel like they're not heard? And like, you're talking about wanting to hear them, but what do we do to, to convince the people that have, are not listening to them to listen? You, meaning the people that are actually elected, how do we change their minds? You know, you know what I mean? Like it's tough. Yeah. So uh, systemic change at the mayor level is big. Yeah. For me. Yeah. Because there's one direction, one side. Um, I don't know how to be mayor, but I know that I would listen to everybody. I I tend to lean. Well, I am a Democrat. I vote Democrat. Sure. You know, I'm a social guy, so I want social programs. 100%. But my neighbor, he doesn't want all that. So how do I involve him? How am I listening to him? So I would reach out to whoever does become mayor. You've got to make sure that you're reaching out to the other side that's not being or participating in your agenda. Yeah. They have their they have rights to be here. Yeah. We have to take care of them. Well, and I so, think a lot of times they don't understand that they benefit from some of the social services. So if they if they feel included, a lot of seniors, like my dad, we talk about social security. And we go through these rounds where he thinks that it's a Repub- the Republicans are the ones that are, pre- secu- are protecting his Social Security. And I'm like, wait, what? Like, yeah. But that's a different issue. The, the point is, is at the mayor's level, it's like a lot of those partisan issues aren't going to be coming into play. It, you know, the, the things that we're going to be focusing on are going to be like right. re- uh, ice storm readiness, you know, and stuff like yeah, that. So that's what we're learning now. Prepared. It's like, I don't and got you time. you have to be trustworthy in the city council. City t- council has a job and they get to vote. Yeah. We leave it in their hands. You know, we want them to be the pulse of the city because yeah. they're voting. They're supposed to represent the, the will of the city. Yeah. Yeah. And I think they, they're going to do a good job. I mean, what they think or whatever's presented in front of them. Yeah. That's why I think me as a mayor, I get to sit at that table and I'm an inclusion seat. For, so a vote for me is an vote for equity and inclusion. Right. So I bring a wealth of knowledge of low income. Yeah. Disability. Um, unhoused all these networks that I found that I participate in daily. Yeah. So having someone like me at the table, I mean, you could go as far as say probably save some taxpayers money right from trial and error. I've been there, done that. So give, have faith in city, in uh, city, city council. council. Yeah. Have faith in them because they're voting the mayor position. Let's make sure that mayor position is including everybody and outreach to everybody. Yeah. And I think it's important when you talk about diversity that this is my words, that it includes everyone, including white people. Sometimes it gets and I'm I'm not going to get weird about it because it's two white dudes talking. But the reality is, is that it is true that there's people everybody in the in the community has a chance to be marginalized, you know, and so there's a lot of different reasons that people need equity. And so, and, and with that said, let's celebrate Black History it Month. It is Black right History now. Month. Let's I don't want that to shout sound out weird. To all my friends, yeah, I don't want that to sound weird because Tima, the point is, is that, Eric, yeah, Ray, yeah, yeah, all my friends, you know. So we do celebrate them. Oh well, no, no, everything. And yeah, that's my point. Everything. I point, and we're you know what are we like seventy eight percent white here? Yeah, well, here. that's so, what. I, yeah, yeah. You know, kudos to us for recognizing and li- uplifting. Yeah. So I did, I was, I most, I posted something on Facebook cause I'm snarky and I said something about just a reminder. I remind myself on black in the first day of black history month that a lot of the stuff that we love and cherish was, was created by black Americans. You know, the music that I love, mm. a lot of it, you know, jazz uh, and music. obviously hip hop and just everything, you know, there's so much that has changed our lives in entertainments, but also just deep thinkers, philosophical, I, you know, educated people that. 
the suffering. Yeah, well, yeah, and that's... How much have we learned from their their suffering? Absolutely. Absolutely. And the people in our community, the African-Americans that work, uh, that have stepped up and, and used uh, their, you know, voices, like uh, Aisha Elliott, Eric Richardson, you know, these guys, mm-hmm. they, they, I think they're siblings, actually, but, but uh, uh, they are doing some incredible stuff, and I think it's been really beneficial that it feels not maybe this has always been the case but it feels in the last 10 years or so that it's an all-inclusive movement that it's like everybody's welcome and i think that in the past it was always like there was these uh uh social groups would gather to kind of look you know talk about themselves and now it's like everybody's welcome to hear them talk about the social groups does that make sense i don't know how that does make sense but it's not enough it's not it's It's not enough because and i love the opening that you know, we're all together. Yeah. We're all Eugenians. So that's what I meant. Eugene that's Springfield. All I, meant. I love that. Yeah. But let's celebrate all people. You know, Eric Richardson gave me uh, some words. I was sat on a board with him. Uh, we were trying to help better the pantries about, you know, showing ID and we could just come and open up or just come and just get food. So when he said, um, we were talking about breaking bread and he was like, breaking bread's the way we get there. There's some deep words from a guy who articulates everything. Yeah, yeah. One of my friends. He's favorite. amazing, yeah. He's a favorite. So, breaking bread is the way we get there. Let's get together, you know, all sides. Yeah. Break some bread. Yeah. Learn about each other and better our city. Yeah. How do we do that? Springfield's been doing a good job of that. I know summer you'll see it. Cause, I love that. Because uh, Island Park does some events in their community events where you'll see the police. You'll see family-friendly stuff. You'll see some rock and roll music. You'll see, uh, you know, multicultural there's uh, a lot of the Latino groups, Latinx groups, you know, mm-hmm. and it, it's just awesome. So, do you think the mayor right now in Eugene is doing that? Is trying to put that together? Yeah. The current Lucy Venice? Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm so uber focused. This is going to be a political answer. I'm so uber focused on what Springfield's been up to lately because, uh, as far as city government, this is kind of my first uh, actual conversations with you and with Karin about Eugene in a while, you okay. know. But that being said, I pay attention. I live, I work in Eugene, I spend almost yeah. every day there. Uh, no, I don't. No, I don't. Yeah. I don't think it's all inclusive. I think that there's a, there's a, it's a show. I think that it's a, it doesn't, yeah, that, no, that being said, yes, I do. I think the DPLC does an, does an amazing job, the Democratic Party of Wayne County, of trying to make sure that the underprivileged feels heard, feels recognized. I would agree. You know, that kind of stuff. So there, and she's just a big part of it. So maybe, so, but maybe that, her not being, she's not such a, uh, uh, out, out front leader, you know, Lucy. Where, where she's very visible all the time, you know? And so maybe that's just her leading style. Maybe she's good at delegation. I don't know. Eugene's Great. a shit. I hope it's that way. Eugene's a shit. For me, what right I now, see so. is I think uh, she's a party person. She's a Democratic Party person, and I don't think even all the party. So... Yeah. Well, no, that's... I, yeah. I don't... I, I really wish that... And when I'm elected mayor, this will happen. We will include, include all people. Everybody. Not just Democrat, not just some of the Democrats you love, uh, but Republicans live here, all right? I mean, no matter your viewpoint about what's going on somewhere else in the world, they live here. They're your neighbors. They probably helped you during the ice storm. One thing I'd really enjoy is if we could get it together, and you don't have to answer this right now, but I'd love to have a a chance, maybe a remote forum with with you, and if I can get Shanae, Joyce Stringer, and with Karin. Karin already said said she would do it. She said that she would do. And here's, you know, kudos to them. Shout out to Karin. They're awesome people. And uh, Joyce. Mm -hmm. Shout out to them for what they're doing and what they're bringing to the love they're bringing to Eugene and wanting to better Eugene. I'm all for that. Well, I'm all for primaries. And, and, and yeah. you know, we're, it feels like sometimes we're missing that. Because a primary, the idea is that you have these conversations and then the whole party gets to hear what everybody has to say. These are nonpartisan seats, so it's a little different for mayor of Eugene. Yep. But it's still, it's like we have discussions. It, nonpartisan primary is even better because you can have con- discussions across the table I mean, regardless. Especially with the three. You got the yeah, three, yeah. and we all have good ideas. Right. Okay? And then some so of them will be implemented. Wins, yeah. Yeah. Can take some right. of those ideas. And I believe they're both they're, going to yeah. be phenomenal. And and they're going to both be accessible if they were victorious in this and you're not. And then you you could reach out and they would have, you'd have their ear, you know. Sure. But so let's mention Food for Lane County. You had told me kind of off air, just you are food. Like Food for Lane County is, is who you are. It's everything in your it's being. Who, who I am. So explain I am. why that is and what and what it is that you're a driver for Food for Lane County. So, so, so as my it. wife would say, I'm a do-gooder. I want to see people doing better. 
express how I can participate in that. Food for Lane County is the platform that lets me do that. So I get up at four and I pretty much work till four. So during my typical days, go rescue food, uh, transfer food. I'm a driver, so it's what I do. I transfer. What do you mean by rescue food? So I am in a program called FREX program, Food Recovery Exchange, and it is part of the university. So the university has different locations. I'll go pick up those locations at five different restaurants. Uh, Matt Knight Arena, Autzen Stadium. It's a, they give so much. Yeah. They're the unsung heroes of, in my job. Autzen and just the, all, well, of those, all of the university all of, yeah. and all yeah. the people you imagine. People love Fufalay County. So I got cooks from way over here going, hey, I got more for you. Hey, I got more for you. This is not being used. Take this with you. And being a part of that. Yeah. Being the, building those relationships within the community is huge. Yeah. Because we're all participating in what? Goodness. Yeah. Feeding people. Feeding people that go to the diner downtown. Yeah. The dining room downtown. Uh, feeding people that are shopping in our West Broadway location. So what they do is big for us. Yeah. So I participate in that. But I'm the small part in that. We also have three drivers that go out to Winco, Albertsons, Market of Choice, Costco. We cover a lot. Yeah. So I think it's per year we recover that would have went to the landfill, five million pounds. Wow. Five. Just Lane County. Just Lane. Well, Actually, Eugene Springfield, but yeah, Lane sure, County. But let, wow, that's a big number. It's huge, right? Yeah. Stayed from the landfill. So we're not only you know feeding people, we're part of sustainability. If too. you had to guess how many people, and this is just impossible to know the number, but just an estimate. How many people do you think uh, volunteers and like that work for Food Friendly County, the network, how big do you think of, of human beings that are working doing that? Do you think it is? A few hundred? A few so employed, I think there's 72. Well, I, uh, I think in the exact number. No, I'm just joking. I love is that, that. No, awesome. I think I approximately that. the exact number of 72. I think 72. No, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. But Fufuling County, and I always say that, and anybody that works there will tell you, we're only as good as our volunteers. Absolutely. We're only as good as our yeah. volunteers, man. So we have them coming for Meals on Wheels. Come every day. They go out, and sometimes they're the only people that, you know, the recipient gets to see. Yeah, and it's it's not just food and nourishment. It's also acknowledgement. Yeah, it's community. You know, it's acknowledgement that you matter. When 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 you yeah. give somebody a meal, I mean, I, I ever, that's well, the whole point of like, hey, you want to come have a barbecue? It's like that. Breaking that endorphins bread. of handing them a plate, you know. It's that whole air aggression. Yeah, thing. breaking bread, breaking exactly. Bread. So let's talk a little about another food uh, organization, Burrito Brigade. You've been a board member with Burrito Brigade for a while. Uh, yeah, so Burrito Brigade, how did I... So back when I was on the Neighborhood Association, I was elected to the Neighborhood Association. Um, I like to use that word, elected. Sure. <laughs> Eugene, <Yeah>. elected. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm the only elected it, candidate. Well, in, between in your the three. experience, I think it's beautiful because you almost pinch yourself being in, in these. But, so fun. Yeah. 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 But, you, to get but you belong. But you face. belong. Absolutely. Um, so Brutal Brigade came to us at the Neighborhood Associate level. And uh, Jen had this idea for, you might have heard of it, Little Free Pantries. So you, do you know about the Little Free Pantry? I, I, I'm not sure. I mean, I So there's it. like 50. She's 50 strong right now, Little Free Pantries. And they're everywhere. What you do is you go. You, it's like the free um, free books, like where, free books. Yeah, yeah. But where there's just food. you, you can leave one or you can take one, and it's free. Yeah. So you know, in other words, it's hungry people know where they're at. They go, and then the good citizens of the woven fabric of Eugene Springfield go and you know supply. Yeah. So she came to us, and I was in charge of um, pantries at that level. I had, we can go into that too. School pantries. I was the chair of. So. We helped design my my nephew designed the first one, and Jen took off running with all that, and very successful, very successful. So we're feeding people, and uh, then I was asked to be on the board only a few months ago, and for me it was, man, you're living right, you you're living right if you asked to be on the breeder brigade because they're totally boots on the ground. Yeah, they're feeding people every day. I mean? Yeah, in the face of you know, what people are going through. So wonderful. Love being part of them. And uh, 
want to see them grow even larger. I mean, for just a real dumbed down version for anybody that's never heard of it, the burrito brigade, what does it look like every day? It's like a ton of people just making so on a the ton weekends, of burritos. They make uh, nutritional burritos. They have a recipe. And then uh, those that make them will hand off to those that deliver them. So here's, you know, 2,000 burritos. Uh, go deliver them on the weekend. Yeah. Concept. Yeah. And then there's a waste of taste, which now they can make an appointment and people can come and shop for the food that we have also. Nice. So it's like a pantry. It is a pantry. Wow. So, and then they have little free pantries right. too, all over. So I want to talk a little bit about, you had mentioned being on disability. I want to talk about like, you know, a lot of times people want to get into this narrative in their head about people that are seeking assistance, right? Yeah. Like, and, and I just want to talk about what it actually looks like. I mean, maybe squash some myths because the thing is all this, all these stories about community, everybody of course is touched by that, but then people are like, why should my tax dollars go to this? <laughs> you know, you know, and and what, what? And what, what do you mean? Go to what? Well, what? and that's exactly that. That's what I want to talk about because it's nonprofits a lot of times, so it's not your tax dollars. My point. Yeah. This is exactly why I'm bringing this up. But whenever you see poverty or you see uh, equity issues, you you hear naysayers like people will criticize people that are on food stamps, for example. They're like, they're yeah. like, uh, or organ health plan, whatever you want to call it. People will be like, well, why do they get? Why can they buy steak? I'm like, why are you mad about that and not mad about billionaires? You know, I don't understand what. But that's a different issue. But I just want to talk about, I mean, you see all kinds of people that end up here. You see families. I do. You see, and there's people that have, and, and, and explain to me, I mean, you hear people's stories about why they're in their position. A lot of them have jobs. A lot of them are making 15 an hour. Yeah. You know? If that if you could survive on 15 an hour, you're doing good. But that's the thing. You I can. had a, I had a conversation with a friend. I don't know where my question is, but I mean, but my friend, I was talking to her the other day and I'll leave her name out just out of respect, but... She told me, and this is what it is. She said, well, you know, I've been doing my job for, for 15 years. I've been in the same company. And she's like, I'm making like 20 an hour now. And I'm like, that's not good. It's not like, good. Like, cause, and I'm, I, hear me, I'm 40. So like, obviously, depending on where you're at in life, it's going to be a little different. You know what I mean? Like where, what money might be able to make it happen. Mm -hmm. But I was just like, that's not good. Like that's not, 15 years of the company, they don't like you is what it feels like. Now, that mm -hmm. being said, companies can't necessarily afford to pay more. They just can't, you know, like. But like these people that their job is working for nonprofits, some of the people do get paid and it's going to be sacrifice. You're going to take you know, a lot less pay. You know, working for Food for Lane County, uh, I have the privilege of working with some of the smartest people. Yeah. They attract a lot of smart people that want to do good. Yeah. And are good at their job. So. Yeah, just just for that. But back to the guy that's talking about. Um, yeah, why you buy? Why you get to buy this? And what yeah. are you doing this? And he wants to itemize what they get to buy. So one day he'll be in that position, and he might have been in that position during COVID, where he didn't have a job, he didn't have money, and he was relying upon Food for Lane County's emergency response team, which I was part of. Right. They would come and get boxes, and wonderful. We want to feed people. We don't want people to go hungry. No, it's a basic need. Right. I mean, it'll, it'll make you crazy not feeding yourself, not being able to. So I would just say to that guy, you know, participate and see what people are going through. Walk up a mile in their shoes or sure. whatever. Yeah, so. I mean, I think in a lot of these things, it's, it's investments. Like, yes, it's tax dollars sometimes that can help prop these nonprofits up. Some of them can get grants and things from the government. Some of yeah. them are completely self-sufficient, you know, but the ones that do get money from the government – it's because it's an investment. It's because if we don't help people, then it ends up actually making our hospitals overran with sickness, <laughs> you know, without without nourishment, you know. And, and it's just, it is what it is. Anyway, I just it think is what that it is. there's Feed so people. many. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, Anybody that has a problem with people getting a little bit of food assistance, there yeah. is going like to be. Like you said, you don't, you make $20 an hour. What are you paying? Yeah. 1500 rent? Yeah. it's And it's, I mean, it's expensive for food. It just, it just is. We should talk about rent, too. So we should. Now, uh. I wanted to mention a little bit with about your opponent. I hope she comes on, uh, Shanae Joy Stringer. I just want to talk about you had and I had talked off air. I just basically said uh, three years, you know, that she's been here, and I basically made a comment on Lane County Tribune's Facebook post, which apparently every single person in Eugene has seen, because that post I don't know they elevated it. They must have paid. What'd you say? You know? I just said, and I I got to be honest. I wasn't even. I didn't read who she was. I didn't know who it was. And I knew there was an opponent. My first assumption, 
I'm just being clear. Doesn't well, my first assumption was that it was probably not somebody that was liberal. It, not that it matters, but I just read three years, and I said no, three years isn't long enough. And then I got a bunch of crap for it. And then I started learning more about her as a as a candidate. And I really hope I get a chance to talk to her. But I just yeah. wanted to talk to you. What what is what is your perspective on what are the requirements to be mayor? Do you think three years is enough to be in a community? Well, first of all, I mean. Shout out to her. Yeah, black absolutely. History absolutely. I can't remember a black mayor ever running. Never happened in Eugene as far as winning. Yeah. I know so that. So shout out to that and that being made available. I don't think we've ever had a person sure. of color as now, mayor in Eugene, period. I yeah, I'd have to go back. I don't know. But it's wonderful to see a black woman running sure, for mayor. Sure, and I agree. So um, three years in Eugene... <laughs> Man, that's doesn't seem like a lot of time. I mean, but she's gonna strive to overcome, and people are gonna see only three years, and then they'll make their decision. You know, shout out to her. Let's yeah. uplift people. And you know, um, I mean, we could go into is Hayward Field older than her? Yeah, the new Hayward. You know, Field. and I mean, so, and that's kind of my thought is is that I, people are gonna talk about that. I think it's no secret that your other opponent has received a large number of, of big name endorsements from prominent figures in our area. And it's also no secret that winning the seat will be no small feat. You know, that it is that, for me. Yeah. And, and, and I just I, I just want to be clear, like I, the papers, the way that the way that this campaign was launched is that Karen Knutson's the only candidate. She's got the endorsements from Lucy Venice, which you had heard maybe that people can endorse multiple candidates. And maybe and she's also given a vote of confidence or whatnot to Shanae. But point is, is that I, I called it out on the podcast. I said, I was like, I hate it when this happens, when they're like, oh, I'm not running. And by the way, that's the person to vote for, especially when there's such a uh, uh, one extreme party has the stronghold over the voters. In, yeah, in, I mean, in you're going to run out your successor and um, it's, back them with thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars right. and tell them this is who you want in September. Yeah. Now... I mean, what if I, I'm just saying that a guy like me decided to run for mayor after you know much deliberation and talking to smart people? Um, but the thing for me is, I'm not having the mayor's not rolling me out in TV. She's not saying, "Hey, Doug, great job, you're a successor." She's not. In fact, the city doesn't even allow me to put up a sign until March. Seriously? So it's March, but. She, and no problem with I'm not I don't have a problem with Miss Newton at all. No, no. Um, or, yeah. But I do have a problem with the system with Bear. She should maybe you know hold off and allow in the, in the spirit of equity and inclusion. Okay, there's three of us. Yeah. You didn't give me eight thousand dollars. You know, so it matters. I think in spirit of equity and it's frustrating too. when you when you she is the head of Eugene. She is the leadership of Eugene, the mayor. You're talking about Lucy Venice, correct? I am. Yeah. Current. Yeah. So I expect more for her. I really do. I think our taxpayers expect more from the mayor position. And I'll be critical of the mayor position because her actions. Yeah. And that's why I mean I said it straight up. I'm like, seems like weird optics that the weak that they rolled that out and it's, they didn't plan it. I mean, it's just, it is what it is that the hospital was closing. It's like, it's like, and mayor Venice was like, I had no idea. And it's like, that's a problem. We're coming out of a pandemic and you're not on the same page with the hospital, which means that you're lying or, you know, or you didn't know. So which one's worse because one of them you're lying. The other one is that you didn't know. And both of those are pretty bad for the mayor, but it is yeah, a private you business. Stop. You gotta stop. I mean, you could say lying. I can just back off and you go, you're just not informed and you're not doing your job. Let's just put it that way. If you did not know we were not going to have a hospital for 180,000 people, you're not prepared and you're not doing your job. And I bet she's the first one to say that she wasn't prepared. So being prepared for a hospital, us so, having a hospital in Eugene, I mean, should we fire everybody? Yeah, and I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad that you, that I can, uh, I can, I can sense anger. In your voice. And that's good because this should make people mad. I'll tell you that, that not having the hospital, they're acting like, oh, no, it's fine. And I was joking with Karen Knutson and I, and I said, you know, I'm going to talk to Sean Van Gordon about putting in like little cameras that charge you when you come into Eugene so that we can make a tax. And she ch chuckled about it. I'm like, why not? 
Why? You know, like, why not? You guys have done something that made it to where a town that's a half the size of you now has to support it. Yeah, you know, so and it's it's more. There's more to that it. Than that doesn't have to happen though. There's a plan. I have a plan. Can what we is go your plan? That? Yes. Check this out. So, city council should be up all night doing this. They should be Monday through Friday because people are going to die. You know, heart attack. How far? Anybody on the west side or south side of 18th Street? We got South Hills, who pays a ton of taxes. They deserve better. Uh, College Hill. College Hill, right? Uh, let's see, Hawkins Hill, Hawkins, Churchill. All of them are going to have ambulance ride times from what? It's going to be... 45 minutes, could be 40 minutes, could be. Yeah, 12 minutes to get there and then get I mean, it in. could be with, it, it could, yeah. I mean, Stuff could happen. So yeah, this yeah. is my proposal, and I'm sorry to the Eugene M's, who I love, the Emeralds. We just put, I, so for me, my scenario would be, Put a hospital on the fairgrounds right now. They should be working day and night for that. Because of those people that pay so many taxes on the south side of 18th, they deserve better. Yeah. Right? And that's a mayor talking about for all people. I know they're suffering on 99 where I live, but this is 180,000 people. I mean, the homeless, hunger, all that takes a backseat to putting a hospital at the fairgrounds. If you want to put a baseball team there, and I was all for that, and Kudos to Pat Farr, who said, no, not yet. I mean, so now we might have an opportunity to put a hospital there. Yeah. This is a central location. And I'll use that because I don't know enough about the urban growth boundary. Yeah, it's tough. You know, where's the green space left? Right. You know, and why are we having to build on green space anyway? I Just leave it there. Yeah. You it's know? tough because I'm not exactly versed on this. I should have looked it up. But I'm pretty sure that the Junction City proposal for a hospital, you know, like the out that area or out Beltline or whatever that had not, there was going to be a hospital Jerry's. years ago. Yeah, there was proposal mm -hmm. that was that was squashed by the local yeah. city government. Walmart, there you was know, an and area so, near and Walmart. That's the thing that frustrates me because when someone like Lucy Venice is like, uh, she said, I, I had no, we didn't know that this was happening, this hospital, and I'm like, you did though, because you guys have literally voted against. Like the not her maybe specifically, but my, I'm saying it's like the elite. If you want to keep having the same people, and I think Karin is different. I will be clear with that. But just in general, if you want the same people that give these endorsements and the same people and always vote for the same people, you're going to get the same results. And unfortunately, yeah. I'm at the point where if there's enough naysayers to certain things, then it also turns me off. Meaning, like, I use Hillary as an example, right? That was a lot of, for a lot of people, they were like, I just can't get there with it, be, with Hillary, because there's so many people that don't like her, that my dad or whoever, that don't, you know, meaning, and meaning it's like, sometimes you just want somebody that people are going to be able to work together with. And when you have no faith that that's going to happen, it's hard to have support for the leadership. When you mm. know that it's going to be a certain demographic or a certain group of people that scratches each other's backs, that that's going to be, that's why I started doing what I do, because yeah. those people are accessible. And they are available and they are awesome people, Lucy and people like that. And so what I decided is like the only way that I can actually change that people that table or who sits at the table is just demand a seat. Demand a seat. Well, also include people that have a wealth of knowledge in the area we're spending the most money on. Yeah. It's that's very important. Why trial and error when that's you that, have that's that three year thing I was talking about. That's not a knock on Shanae. My goal or my I hope, my hope for Shanae that's running against you that has been here for three years is that this is, is that she runs, she gets into the community. She gets to introduce herself and gets oh. to know the community. And then next time around, then she's going to be a valuable candidate. I think for the time being three years, just not enough, but yeah, how much, how much better could you, how much better could you learn a community than by running for office? Cause you got to be bumping elbows, got to be kissing babies. I would say for me, Running for uh, being elected to the neighborhood association, best thing. Yeah, because you're sitting with a around a board that other elected officials. You're trying to get your point across. They're voting on your point, and is your point valuable? And what can we do? So, when I was on the board of uh, neighborhood association, I actually created systemic change within the Bethel School District. Um, St. Vinny's had this discussion about they want to put a boys' home in our neighborhood. And neighborhood went up and roar. So, but kudos to St. Vinny's because they, you know, held talks 
and there was like 80, 20, no home. And there was these private talks. And, but what we learned is there was 400 homeless kids in the Bethel school district. I'm like, and at this time I'm still volunteer for food for Lane County. And my mind went right to how are they eating when they leave? Cause food is how you, why you go to school. You get breakfast and lunch, and then you leave. What are you doing? And it was couch surfing or living some, you know, back alley, whatever. No showers, no nothing. So I proposed to the board, or the neighborhood association, that we put food pantries in the, in Bethel School District. And so we went through that process of Bethel School District, getting Bethel School District and Fufalin County together, and... Bethel Schools became a partner with Fufa Lane County, so now they got food. They opened two pantries. One of my, you know, greatest things I've ever done. Yeah, is systemic change at the grade level is, you know, still going today. Yeah, that's and huge. Shout out to Maria who's running Calapuyas, and you know, all around, moms in that position, the moms, the volunteers, everybody making that happen. Yeah. For students that are homeless. Yeah. 400 kids in just Bethel. I mean, and that's. That was 2018, maybe? Yeah. So still going. Yeah. And it, it's, I mean, and that's the part that's, that's, people say, oh, the homeless. And then they just kind of like cast it off like it's some, you know, uh, stain on society. And it's like, there's children mixed in this. There's people that, are, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's yeah, maybe this is a good segue on why I want to run for mayor. Yeah, please. explain, And, and then we're going to so, get out of here. So so just, I mean. So the mayor, I mean, homeless, like you just said, you know, everybody has their own thought of what a homeless person, unhoused person is. Right. So I'm big on biblical philosophy and identifying, you know, what it means to me and all that and changing the word and, you know, where it comes from, all that. So philosophy, if you take the term unhoused, what does it mean to you? What, homelessness, what does it mean to you? That guy sitting on the corner begging for money, probably got more money than me. You know, that guy. Or for me, it's mother, women and children, students, uh, mentally ill. You know, all those ones we're facing. So if we take that and we use it, at, we take the term on house and we define it. Now we know where to put our money. So for big for me is always women and children. But right now, I think infrastructure is what we need. So infrastructure for the mentally ill. We can have somewhere where somebody's having an episode, episode that cahoots can come and take them to a facility. You know, it's, it's not clogging up our, our ambulances. It's getting them help, you know, probably meds. Yeah. Back on some meds. It's a great idea. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. really is. Yeah, and you have to like look at how much we're spending. You know, it's one of the reasons the hospital closed. We can talk all this about Lucy Venice, all that, but the reality is, it's Peace Health was losing three million dollars a month at that hospital, and that they were basically a homeless triage a lot of times where they weren't getting reimbursed because there's a cap on how much OHP pays back, even if yeah, the people had filed for for assistance, right? So, so it is one of those things where we have to. I love that idea because we have to outwardly admit that that's what we're doing. We can't, we can't pussyfoot around these ideas. I don't know if that's that's right. that, you know, where it's like, if, if people are like, how are we going to pay for it? It's like, we already are. Yeah. You know? And even if we had these locations where cahoots could bring people, we could have people like core Eugene, yeah. core Eugene with their philosophy and their outreach and do gooders, you know, educating all of us what they're doing. Yeah. This is big. Yeah. You know, that's a part of safety. I'm big on safety. You know, you're homeless and it's rough out there. It's rough. New drugs coming on, on, you know, into our area now, uh, fentanyl and xylene or do you know where the other one is? I don't where, know. There's always new where stuff. It makes them like zombies. I had to, I actually had to stop doing drugs. It was yeah. <laughs> no, because, no, I'm just Well, Narcan won't touch this one. <laughs> no, that's so what, the, the Narcan won't touch the new one where there's zombies. I'm, I was, yeah. No, it's yeah. really, I mean, there's, there's stuff that's coming out that's more fatal than fentanyl. And fentanyl is, I mean, it's, it's That's wild. the one. Yeah. So I just went through a de-escalation training with uh, EPD and uh, they talked heavily on that one. And it's, you don't want to be around them. Yeah. You 
Just, yeah. I feel bad for people like that. So Well, and it's scary for cops because I've talked to police officers that have told me that they don't want to search people's person. They don't want to search people's car or belongings because they could they could touch fentanyl or something like that. And so that means that there's Real more story. that means that there's more weapons on the street because something as simple as a normal pat down, they're kind of questioning on if I should go home to, if I want to go home tonight, I might just skip that. Kind of thing, mm. you know what I'm saying? And, and it's just like we live in a weird time. Now, I mean, when it comes to solutions for for with the homeless, I just think that the homeless need to be included more. A lot of time, that's what you're saying. Where we need to actually know the truth about what's happening. And Core is an organization that, if you look them up, they're on the front lines helping with at risk youth, feeding uh, them, and all that kind of stuff. Them. And they are. You know, somebody that we should listen to, even though they may not be the most conventional. To me, it's conventional because they're just punk rock kids. You know, you know, essentially that like <laughs> nice. I get it. I love that. But like to some people, that's not usually people that would have a seat at the table. And they're the ones that have done like, fine, we demand it. That's and, more of the same of those who've been there, done that, need a seat. Yeah. Inclusion and inequity. Yeah. So just more of the start. Safety comes in different varieties. Not always a cop. It's a cahoots person, it's core. Yeah, you know, it's cops on horses. I love a horse, bro. That would be kind of cool. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool downtown. You know, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Good well, well, Douglas Barr, yeah. it's really cool to meet you. Uh, I'm gonna reach out again to Shanae Joy Stringer and see if I can get her on. And then I'd also really like to do a forum. So if possible, we could do some remote. Yeah, that's forum. Wonderful. It would be really fun because what's the first thing I want to do when I'm there? Yeah, what is the first thing you want to do? All right, so this is huge for me. Um, do you know what the Mims House is? I do not talk about it. So the Mims House is in AACP. Okay. It's a home. Uh, first black person was a homeowner, right? And it sits on Second and High. So there's a new riverfront. You know the new riverfront. And was it a- the first black homeowner? Yeah. In Eugene. Yeah. Okay. So uh, my idea is first thing I want to do is there's a new riverfront and there's a new city hall. I want to see, I want to ask the NAACP if we can use the name to make all that the MEMS district. MEMS? MEMS district. Like M-I-M-S? Yeah. MEMS, okay. Yeah, you got to know about the MEMS district. I'm going to look it up. You got to know, yeah. That's uh, cultural. So just imagine City Hall is now sitting on first black homeowner that had to suffer for so long. So suffering and, you know, how happy we are celebrate. Yeah, and Mims, what they went through. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. So that's my first thing I'm gonna ask. Yeah, yeah culture is big because Eugene has a history too that we need to we need to remind some of the people in it that that you know it's not that way anymore. I mean, there there's a lot of history that is about yeah, Eugene we, that's not great. Yeah, I mean, there's still it's still there. It you is. You know, we gotta we gotta just educate. Yeah, educate, educate, educate. Yeah, all that. Yeah. So. So Doug Barr, uh, you don't have a website up yet, but you said you're working on that. Working on that. Working on that. Uh, uh, if anyone wants to help me, please Facebook me. Yeah. Vote uh, for Mayor Doug. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, this election, uh, it's going to be in May. And in Eugene, if you get over 51% of the vote uh, in May, then there's no runoff in November. So if you want to yeah. register to vote, you need to register to vote online on the, on the Oregon Secretary of State's website by February 20th. I would not wait. I would do that right now. If you're if you've moved or if if you think that you're at registration, you can change parties to register. So if you if you, if your party status, you don't know. Just I would just go and check and just re-register it with your current address at the Secretary of State's website. The link will be in the show notes for that. I want to give a shout out to Oregon Cashflow Pro and Subdormal Art Collective, my two title sponsors uh, for the last you know five six years. Uh, this is season six. We're we're coming up on. You know, the middle of season six, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, you know, so a lot of fun stuff coming up. And but we're gonna get out of here. Thank you so much. See ya. We're gonna end this with a song. This is a new one. This is me, Patty Rose, with Disappear. What's the place to go to to disappear from? All of the trauma in my mind. There was a soul searching for a reason To tell myself it's just not my time, not yet Every single moment is an opportunity You may not know it
Yeah.